Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. I'd like for you to get your Bibles open in two locations today. We're going to open it up to Luke 10 and Acts 2. Luke 10 and Acts 2. Uh, Luke wrote the book of Luke. Luke wrote the book of Acts. Actually, the guy by the name of Luke wrote more words in the New Testament than any other individual. These two books actually, they're, they're like really one volume. They just kind of, one just kind of stops, but it's, it's, it's really one continual story. But Luke 10 and Acts 2, we're going to look at some really interesting passages today. I just want to make this real clear before we get started today, that there is a force of hell that is determined to keep Christians beat down weak, defeated, powerless, and preoccupied, and, and, and just tries to keep, keep this happening with just the stress of life. And today's message ultimately is kind of a fighting back against that. We're going we're gonna to nail that. We're going to talk about that today because hell knows that when Christians are powerless and when Christians are weak, then they can be easily deceived. They can't function with spiritual warfare. They're not able to really represent Jesus to the culture. And, and actually, Christians become ineffective at combating darkness. And so, so I, I, I just want to say that's the problem. But we're really, I'm not going to harp on the problem today. I'm going to talk about a solution. And, and I want you just to dive in and open your hearts today. So today's title of my message is entitled, the title of my message is entitled, which makes no sense, it's called Fully Charged. Fully Charged is the title of today's message. And, uh, and that's what I'm going to be challenging you to do. I'm going to be challenging you, really challenging you beginning today uh, and the rest of this week and even into next Sunday, I want you to be fully charged with the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, all through the Bible, we read about the wonders of God's power. It really, it starts off at the very beginning where God created the, the waters. And, and, and he created the water in Genesis chapter 1. And then you get over into Exodus chapter 14 and the water is parting. Another miracle of God. In Exodus chapter 20, there's stone and, and they're carving the commandments of God. God's even using his own finger to do that uh, into these tablets of stone in, in Exodus. And then a little bit later... Later on in the Bible, there's a little stone that flies out of a slingshot and kills Goliath. It's just the, 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 the Bible is full of miracles, and those miracles don't just exist in the Old Testament. Now, actually, they go through the New Testament as well. In fact, you know, the New Testament means it's the time of the new covenant. So after Jesus died and he rose again, there's this new covenant. Really, the old things, the old covenant, it was an old way of doing things, but God, the God, it's the same God of the Old Testament and the New Testament, but the new covenant, there's this exponential power that's released. There's this great power we saw in the Old Testament, and it was great, but there is greater power in the New Testament. And I'll make it clear. It is available to every Christian believer, every single person. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this. It says, you will receive power, you, 
when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So, so this Holy Spirit power, it empowers believers to, uh, to, to spread the gospel. And the gospel is this. It's the good news that Jesus saves our souls from hell. It's the good news that Jesus heals our body. It's the good news that Jesus delivers us from darkness. Uh, and, and around here, we, we encapsulate that term, the gospel, which a lot of people don't really understand what that means. I, we do, we do, but we, we use the terminology making Jesus known because that's how we get the gospel out. We make Jesus known in everything that we do. And, and really, today, I want you to see that this power that I'm going to be talking about today helps us to make Jesus known. Now, it comes about, though, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit, what he does is he lovingly directs the intentions of your heart and, and the choices of your mind. The Holy Spirit is not like some, uh, some, something that's going to make you like a robot at all. Uh, he's not going to make you do things that, that you know, you, if you resist the Holy Spirit, He's going to let you resist, but, uh, which was not a good idea. But He's not going to make you into a robot. He's not going to do horrible things to you. He wants you to be transformed. Holy Spirit wants you to be powerful. He wants you to be a meaningful and purposeful member of the family of God, and that's why we have that, so that you can be fully charged with the Spirit of God. So this is part. This is the thir- second part of a three-part series I've entitled "Plugging Into the Power Source," and today we're going to talk about what that looks like. Last Sunday I had an illustration. If you were here, I had an illustration that didn't work, and 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 you know sometimes I'm, I'm not certainly I'm not saying the devil's doing any of this. I, I I think we blame way too much stuff on the devil sometimes, but but it's just been the most bizarre week with power with me. Uh, It's just, it's, and I'm not talking about the supernatural part. I'm just talking about the practical stuff. Everything from my favorite fan dying on the platform. We come to find out it wasn't a power issue. It just died. It just decided I'm going to die right here, right now in the middle of Tim's sermon. And then, and, and then I went home on Sunday afternoon and you're not going to believe what happened. I had no internet. Now, a few years ago, I was like, ah, it's no big deal. Today, it's like, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? How am I going to handle this? I don't know what's going on. Start start trying to figure it out. And I call and I work and I work for hours trying to figure out what's going on. And then finally, I look at my cameras and then I see there's this guy, you know, wearing a spectrum vest, walking out behind my house. He walks back behind my house, goes to the little thing and unplugged me and turned me off. And I, I called him, I, I, I want my internet back on. Some dude just, I, I got on my camera. He, he just walked around and took, undid my internet. Like, I pay my bills. You guys know that. Come on. So, so you know, it, it took them a while. So another day later, they finally came back and I guess they plugged me back into the internet power source. And so I was happy we had internet again. And then mysteriously again, another Spectrum guy comes out. I, and I'm not against Spectrum. They're a nice company. All the people, I talked to a multitude of people on the phone. I talked to more Spectrum people on the phone this, this week than any of y'all combined. But, but it, was, I, I, it was weird because then again, I'm going, I'm just going through my day, and all of a sudden, the internet goes down again. Everything goes down again. So I thought, aha, first thing I'm going to do is look at my cameras. And sure enough, there's this dude walking out behind my house, going out, spectrum vest on, and the internet goes down again. So you have to call them back and get them back out. And it's just like so annoying. And then this morning we're getting ready for the service. We're with the, I'm with the guys and we're praying. We're getting ready to start early morning. And we have a power surge. So everything goes out. 
And, and if we get a power surge during the service, please understand, we'll go offline. I hope we don't. But for the past three weeks, we've had just power surges all, time, all the time downtown. And it's just like dealing with power issues has not been fun for me this week. So I, I always say this. Whenever I'm preaching a sermon, again, I don't blame any of that on the devil. I think it's just normal stuff. But anytime I get ready to preach on a particular topic, it seems like I get to experience it in real life. Uh, and, and, and I'm getting to do that this week. So I've got, off the, got that off my chest. All right. I have some really interesting stories that go along with that internet stuff, but I'm not getting into that today, all right? Well, this is called plugging into the power source. Now, I want you to think of yourself, in a sense, like rechargeable batteries. You see, we are plugged into a power source, and then we begin charging. So what charges us is worship, we get charged by the word, we get charged by Christian fellowship, we get charged by prayer, spending time in his presence, that's why we do those events called in his presence, it's a time to be charged with the Holy Spirit, and and this especially works, of course, biblically in the New Testament, we see this especially is effective, the charging of us, is when we come together in corporate settings, that means when we get together, Christians get together in one place, this happens to a greater degree. Uh, but it also works. I, I know it also works just in private time with God. That's why we need to be in the Word. We need to have a prayer life and a worship life as well. So we get charged from the power source. And, uh, and if you get fully charged, then you are a powerhouse. And that's what I really want you to be. I want you to be fully charged. But the problem is, is that we often fall short of this. And I, I, let me just rephrase that. All the time we fall short on this. We, we all do. We all do. We, we, let's just be real. We all do. Uh, it happened in the New Testament. It happened with the apostles. So we know this is an issue with us as people. Uh, and, and it's because we're just too busy. We fail to plug into the power source. And as, as we're going through life... Uh, we, this, this Holy Spirit battery, in a sense, that's in us, it begins to drain. And we need to be charged. And sometimes we need to be recharged. And really, what this week is about, uh, today all the way through Saturday and even next Sunday, is, is all about seeing that all of us are fully charged. And we know what it takes to continue to be fully charged. Because, like I said at the beginning of the message... There's an adversary who will do everything he can to keep this from happening because he wants you weak and ineffective and just not able to function in life at all and giving up and saying, forget it, I can't do this anymore. So, and again, that's what the Holy Spirit Workshop is about. As Jake was talking with you just a moment ago, if you have not yet registered for it, I want you to go to your app, even right now, and go and just, where it says Holy Spirit Workshop on there, click that little thing, just put your name, and I think it's just your name and phone number in there, so that we'll be registered, because we want to have a seat for you, we want to have plenty of room for you, that's all the registration is about, Uh, but Saturday is going to be an amazing moment, and if you don't have the, if you know what, if you don't have the app, or you can't do that, and I think they're giving you a link online right now to register, but if you, uh, if you don't have the app, you know, get it. But, but one of the things that you can do is just take a next card, write your name on it, and just put Holy Spirit Workshop on it and, and take it out there or even just leave it on your chair or whatever today, and we'll make sure that you get registered for this. But I do know this. God is doing something wonderful in our church. He is. And um, I want you to be a part. 
I want you to be fully charged. I want you to be able to resist the powers of hell that, that's going to try to make you feel weak and deflated and powerless and preoccupied with the stress that everybody's facing. Today, um, really, it's, it's more of a prequel to what's going to be happening on Saturday. And, and I, I, I'm not going to try to even begin to do everything on Saturday right now because we really need plenty of time on Saturday to do that. But I want to kind of break the ice as we're in this Holy Spirit emphasis this month by saying there, is two, there are two types of power which is found in the Bible, in the New Testament. Two very distinct types of power of God that operates. So I want to discuss that very quickly because both are great. Both are great, but one is more potent than the other. And I'm going to give some extra emphasis to the one that's more potent. Now, to, to, to lay the groundwork for this, these are two types of power that are available to all believers. Now, Luke chapter number 10, we hear uh, a, a talk, I guess you could say, about this power that is available to people. And I had you turn to Luke ten seventeen, and, and we're going to read it here in a second. But, but before we read it, just to let you know what was happening is Jesus had assembled these, uh, these 72 disciples, followers of his, and he said, I'm, I'm going to send you out. And he sent them out with this authority, and, and they, they went into all these communities. They did all these miraculous things. There were really interesting details on all that. Not going to get into all the details of it. Basically, they were making Jesus known. Uh, but, but they were getting ready because they were going to all the, into all these communities where Jesus was eventually going to come himself. And they brought the good news. They brought the good news of salvation and healing and deliverance, all that kind of stuff. But in Luke ten seventeen, they come back and give their reports to Jesus. And I want you to see their, their, their follow-up report because there's a lot of good stuff in here. He said, it says, Luke ten seventeen, the 72 returned with joy. And they said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. So they were using the name of Jesus. You see that? That's why it's important to use the name of Jesus. He replied, <laughs> now this is interesting, because Jesus replied, well, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Now, now pause there for a second. I used to never really kind of get that. But basically what Jesus was saying is like, what? Demons being subject to the name? Yeah, I mean, I, I was there when... Lucifer, Satan, was kicked out of heaven. So I, I get that. I've seen crazier stuff than you. That's basically what he was saying. He's like, this, this ain't such a big deal. Come on, dude. This is not a big, big deal. But we as believers are like, Whoa, how cool this is. Jesus is like, no, it's not. It's, it's, it's not a big deal. This is just like normal part of our faith. So he replied, well, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Then he says, and I have given you authority. It's a key word there to trample on snakes and scorpions, to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Now, a lot to talk about there, but I really want to focus in on a key line that he said. He said, I have given you authority. So Jesus had delegated this power and authority to them that functioned when they used the name of Jesus. So that's something we as believers do. We have that same power today. 
We do that. We like to use the name of Jesus, and that's important that we do that. Again, as I was talking just a moment ago, sometimes I will do these public prayers and invocations, and I know some people say, well, don't use the name of Jesus because they're going to get mad at you. Like, I don't, you know, they, they can get mad all they want. I'm, I'm still going to do that because I'm not going to invoke some, something else. I, I know that, that I need to use the name of Jesus, so I pray in the name of Jesus be present here today. A lot of times it's interesting because of those, in those public meetings, people go, yeah! I mean, they start applauding because maybe the other, I don't know whether the other preachers do that or not, but I, I like doing that. I, I, if I'm going to invoke something, I want to invoke the presence of God. But that's why we pray at the end of our prayers in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. So we use the name of Jesus and it is potent, okay? And, but, but when we do that, we are using a form of God's power called exousia. Now, I'm teaching you a Greek word. I want you to say it with me. Say it with me. Exousia. You did good. Some of you didn't even try it because you were scared. I don't want you to be scared. If you're at home, watch it online. Say it with me as well. It's fun to say it. You're you're learning a new language. Come on, say it. Exousia. Now, here's what it means. It means means privilege or force or capacity or competency, freedom. It's, It's a delegated influence. So leave that up there for a second so we can all understand what I'm talking about here. So Jesus, what he did is he delegated this form of power to them, exousia, which was functional when they used the name of Jesus. You see, Jesus knew this, is that only the power of God can change lives. Uh, It's not really slick words or performances. It's, It's the power of God. And that's why they came back to Jesus. The, the 71 people, uh, the 72 people came back and rejoiced because they were being used by God as like, really like, like a power conduit. It was, it was this conduit of power. See, the supernatural power was delegated to them through the name of Jesus, Exousia, and they were elated at the results. They had never seen results like this before. They couldn't believe this. This was wonderful. And they were, they, 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 they were fascinated with the fact that the supernatural power of God was released through the name of Jesus. Uh, again, uh, ultimately, Jesus said, yeah, but it's more important that lives are plucked from hell. And that, that supernatural power of Jesus, it's, 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 not, it's not just to make you feel good. It is ultimately to get people moving on their way to heaven. That's, that's the goal. That salvation is the goal. Well, hear me well. When they went out and did that, and when we do that as well, when we use the name of Jesus, we are like power cables. We're, we're, like, we're like these power cables, these power conduits. So we're connected to the power source through the name of Jesus, and we release that through, and so this power flows through. So we, are, we become an agent, uh, like a conduit, like a cable, that, where the power flows from one point to another, and something happens, right? And that's, that's beautiful. That's called exousia. But the power cable only functions when it's plugged into the power source. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Now, that is good, and I'm not downplaying that at all, but I want you to know there's a second type of power that operates with believers that is beyond the power of exousia. And so, like I was telling you this morning, we had this this power surge, and everything in this building as well as the building next door, everything that was connected to a power cable all of a sudden went dead. It was gone. The, the power went down. The power went out. So everything simply went down except something on my desk. 
That thing on my desk was called my laptop. Now, my laptop was plugged into the power source. It was plugged in. And, of course, don't worry, we have surge protectors in here and everywhere. Some of y'all are getting worried about the surge protectors. We're okay, all right. I can feel it. But, but, uh, but it was, you know, we, my, my laptop was plugged in, but my laptop never died. My computer didn't, w- didn't go off. Nothing happened to my computer. It continued to run just fine. Why? It's because my computer is a laptop and it runs by a battery. And my battery was still in the process of becoming charged. And so it was connected to the power source. But it also, so when, when that power was gone, my computer just continued to operate just fine. It's like, hey, what's, I don't know what the problem is. Everything's fine on my end. My computer was just happy. It didn't know that anything went on at all. See, my laptop is a carrier of dynamic power. So I can take that laptop off the power source, and I can go anywhere. This week, I went, it's like, man, I just, I've got, I've got to get away. And so I do this quite a lot. I get to a place where I can just be quiet, so I like nature. So sometimes I'll go to a, to a park or something and sweat and like crazy and type sermons and write stuff because I'm just out there, and I, I can hear from God more clearly. And my laptop is just fine. It is happy to be in the woods. It is happy to be in the office. It is happy to be at the house, even when the the power is not connected. Why? It's because it is carrying power. Do you get that? Now, but if I drain that battery and I fail to reconnect it to a power source, then my laptop will eventually become ineffective. Isn't that right? Okay, again, we are similar to laptops. And that's where that second form of power comes in. Exousia is great. Using the name of Jesus. Being, every time you say the name of Jesus, you're plugging into the power source. But there's something else that is powerful, and it's a different Greek word that's used in the New Testament, and it's called dunamis. Dunamis. God desires for us to operate in this greater power. Now, you have to say the word dunamis with me. Come on, say it. Dunamis. Come on, one more time. Dunamis. Now, you know two words at least in the Greek language. Now, this is actually a greater and more effective uh, power than exousia, although you don't do away with exousia, but this, this, because that is delegated authority. But this, this word dunamis is where we get our English term dynamite. Bam! <laughs> you get that. It's explosive. And, and it's, it's this power that, that, that can literally explode from within us in a positive way. Uh, and, and, and the reason it does that is because God, the Holy Spirit, resides within us. It flows from God, the power source. We're already charged with that power. And so we're filled with that power. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. And then it flows right back out of us. We carry it. So whenever I say, wherever you go, if you're full of the Spirit, wherever you go, you're carrying God with you. God walks on the scene. Sometimes you walk into a room. If you're full of the Holy Spirit, I'll tell you this much. You'll walk into a room and people will notice the shift in the atmosphere. Why is that? That is because God has just walked into the room. You're not God, but you're carrying the presence of God in the form of dunamis, and it is there, it is active, and it is powerful, and it makes a difference wherever you go. Now, please understand, when Jesus was on this earth, he didn't have to use the name of Jesus to do his work, did he? It's like, in the name of Jesus, like, wait, that's my name. No, he had something else that was working in him. He had dunamis. Jesus was the first person that's spoken of in the Bible that carried this indwelling power of the Holy Spirit, 
dunamis. This was in him. It was this supernatural force that was in him. Now, last Sunday, we talked about this, and I didn't get into the terminology that was there, but this miraculous force was released when the woman who had come to him for healing, when she touched him, he didn't even know that she touched him, but she touched him, and power was that dunamis, the Bible says it uses the word dunamis, was released out of him into the woman. Very different than what the, 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 the disciples were using uh, when they were going out doing miracles. Okay, look at it one more time. This is up on your screens. Luke ch- chapter 8, verse 46. Jesus said, someone touched me. How did he know? He says, I know that power has gone out from me. See, he wasn't a conduit of power. The power was residing in him, and he felt that power. Shh, go. So, know this. Here's a secret. Jesus wants that same power to be active in us as his followers. He wants you to be fully charged with that power. So after the death and resurrection of Jesus, what he did is he, he, uh, he for several days, he interacted with his followers, and he popped in, popped out of various places, great stories there. But then he ends up at the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. It's just this little, it's not a huge mountain, it's kind of a little hill. And, and there he began to share his final words with 500 of his disciples, his, his followers, and he said this, and this is, this is important. Just look at this. It's on the screen. In Luke chapter 24, verse 49, he says, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with, there's the word power. Now, this is the first time he, Jesus, is actually using the word dunamis. You will be clothed with dunamis from on high. So that, that definitely got their attention. What Jesus is telling his followers is something different is coming. It's a different kind of power that you're going to be operating in. And this is actually a promise from the Father. And you're going to be clothed with this just like I have been. (laughs) Then in the same conversation over in the book of Acts, just a few seconds before he ascended into the clouds, he says this, and this is in Acts 1-8, what we read at the beginning. He said, you will receive dunamis. So he says it again. This is a second time in the same conversation. You will receive dunamis power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now he makes it clear it's the Holy Spirit that's going to make this happen. And then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So this power, this dunamis, gives them the ability to do that work. Now, in the same way, when Jesus was baptized by John, the Holy, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, so that dunamis entered him before he started his ministry. And what he's saying is, I want you to follow the same pattern so your ministry will be effective, so your lives will be effective, so your testimony will be effective. I want you to have this. I want you to have this indwelling power. And, uh, and, and, and that will allow you, he's telling them, this will allow you basically to make Jesus known everywhere. He's saying the, everywhere, the ends of the earth. Okay, Later on, over in Acts chapter number 4, we see that the church leaders are actually using this dunamis power. In Acts chapter 4, verses 33 and 34, it's on the screens that says this, with great dunamis, great power, this is a different kind of power than they operated in before Jesus allowed them to be filled with this. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. So it was working. It was effective. It was 
dunamis. It's this miraculous um, supernatural force of power that was flowing out of these individuals. And in fact, even later on in 1 Corinthians chapter number, uh, chapter number 4, uh, Paul actually says, he says the kingdom of God is not about talk, but it's about dunamis. It's about power. So, and even that, those are biting words for believers uh, because basically you know, a lot of believers just want to talk, but they don't want to operate in the power of God. And I want this church to not just talk, but to operate in the power of God as well because God anoints the talk when we have that power dwelling within us. So this, this dunamis power is a resident force inside of believers, and it flows out of believers. You can be fully charged with the power of God. So how do you receive this? Well, we receive this power, this dunamis power, uh, for, for making Jesus known through what we call Holy Spirit baptism. So I'm going to talk a lot more about that at the Holy Spirit workshop. Again, this is a church, church-wide event, so I really want everyone to be here. But, but uh, it, is, it is a powerful thing that God wants to do. But I want you to see the first time it happened. So now I, I'm going to have to ask you to go ahead and look at that second passage of Scripture that I asked you to open your Bibles to, and that's Acts chapter 2, verse 1. So what we're going to read about is the first time people experienced this inundation of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to read about, about really what exactly what Jesus was talking about before he departed the earth a few days earlier. And, and this is the promise of the Father. This is being clothed with dunamis. And here we are, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Follow with me in your Bibles. When the day of Pentecost came, that was a Jewish festival, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound, like the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. That's supernatural right there. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, they were clothed with this power. They were inundated. A lot of terminology is used here, baptized, inundated, uh, filled, clothed. It doesn't matter what term you use, it all works. And they began to speak in other tongues, that means other languages, as the Spirit enabled them. <laughs> and then here's, here's the effect. Here's how it impacted the people who were watching. It says, now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. Because each one heard their own language being spoken. Understand this. This was a, Jerusalem was this main city, and they were having this big Pentecost festival. So a lot of people from other countries who spoke other languages, they had come to Jerusalem to worship Jehovah God. And they're experiencing this. And so it says, so, says, utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? That means the, the Galileans would have been like... They were, they were the hillbillies. They were, let's just say they were like the people from Arkansas. Now, now, if you're from Arkansas, we love you, love you, but you know there are a whole lot of hillbillies out there. All right, so let's jump back in here. Don't start talking about my Texas, but I just know about Arkansas. Okay, so aren't all those who are speaking hillbillies, the Galileans are from their, their particular area? In other words, and please understand, okay, this, I should not have made fun of Arkansas because they're very intelligent people in Arkansas. 
But to understand a little more of the depth on this, why they're saying they're Galileans is because the Galileans were the least educated. That has nothing to do with education in Arkansas, maybe. But, but it's, they were the least educated, so how in the world could they be multilingual? Okay? So now you're seeing what they're going, these hicks don't know how to speak in, in other languages. Okay, utterly amazed. Aren't all those who are speaking Galileans? then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Like, how many languages can these Galileans speak? Uh, Par- uh, Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Jerusalem, Cretans and Arabs. <laughs> so in other words, a lot of people. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own languages. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Now, I like that because God will make what does this mean. Uh, 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 God, God will just do things, and you, you, they make you wonder. Have you ever heard of signs and wonders? Well, there are signs, but wonders, you know what wonders are? They make you wonder. Like, what in the world does this mean? Now, I, I do want to tell you something, and I know I, I'll, I could be criticized by this. And I already have been criticized by this because I don't know. I don't know. It is a wonder. It makes no sense to me. We were having a prayer meeting in here the other, a few nights ago. And during our prayer meeting, uh, you, you can, we have the recorded video of this. We have several video shots of this. There, strangely enough, if you interview, how many of you have ever worked as a door greeter at the front door? Yeah, does that door open easy, or do you, do you just blow on it and it opens up? No, you have to push it, use some strength to open it. It's always been like that. Well, we're praying, and we're in here praying, and all of a sudden, there's this, that the door flies wide open, not just cracks, flies wide open, which we've never seen before. I've seen wind hit this building before, and it doesn't even budge that. No, nothing happens. This door flies wide open. There's a camera with, with a microphone right on the top of it. And as soon as that door flies open, there's a <laughs> right like a couple of seconds before it, you can see on the cameras, all of a sudden it was a cloudy overcast day. All of a sudden this light just appears. I mean, it's brilliant, bright, shining in, into the building and on the building. And then this door goes flying open. You can hear it. And, and so we're trying to figure this out. Like we can see the shade from the trees. Like the trees are not moving around. It's just like that kind of gently. It's so like, well, there are other cameras in the building. There's one just right on the other side. There's one over here. Let's listen to see what they pick up. Nothing. All you hear is tweet, 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 little birds. There's no wind. They're not picking up pictures of trees flying or anything. I don't know what happened. Was it supernatural? I don't know. But here's what I do know is that we were praying, and the sound of a rushing mighty wind caused something to happen in that part of our building. Our security guy who was watching over things, he went running out there to see what was going on and started looking around what's going on. We started looking under cars, between cars, looking up and down the alley, trying to figure out what is going on here. There was nothing we could figure out except something happened. Now, I tend to believe it was supernatural. I can't prove it. So there's my statement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what I, what I was praying at that time, just over and over, was hedge of protection, 
always praying that this is words, hedge of protection over families from our church, over our property, over everything. We had, our, our property had been, there, you know, a lot of, there have been a lot of activity around our building that had caused some problems. So we're just praying for a hedge of protection, but not just around our building, around families and homes and individuals. So just hedge of protection. I was praying that strong. If you guys want to see the video, you can come to my office, but I'm not putting it out there on the internet. I'm not doing that. It's just, it's just, that just happened. And so there was a sound, there definitely was a sound, and there was evidence of something, and that door just, boom, and the light shining, uh, something amazing. What was that? It was a wonder. It just makes you wonder. Here's what it made me wonder. (laughs) What might God be up to? What might God be up to? That's it. Really simple. I like to not focus on the wonder, but I like to focus on the thing that makes me wonder. What might God be up to? That's my focus. That's why I haven't, I didn't get up and show videos of it or put it on the internet or anything. That's like, what might God be up to? What might God be up to? Well, with this particular instance, as a result of that, they were asking these questions. It says, you know, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them, saying, oh, they've had too much wine. And it's funny because some of our people who were here got a hold of that, that video and shared it with some other people, and they made fun of it. They mocked it. And it's like, just don't share that with anybody. It's not, it's, it's not, it's not to be shared. They've had too much wine. Like, you guys are drunk. What's wrong with y'all? <laughs> then Peter stood up with the 11 because Judas is gone. He raised his voice, and he addressed the cl- the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only 9 a.m. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters, children, will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women. God cuts through every demographic. He cuts through every gender. He says, this is for everyone. I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So what happens is when this inundation of the Holy Spirit comes on you, when you, when you become filled with the Holy Spirit, something bubbles out of you, and it is, it is that, it is, it's that ability to even prophesy. And to, it's, you, you, you just never know when God's going to use you. And it's, I'll tell you, it's a wonderful way to live. I, but let me tell you what happened on that day. If you keep reading the story, you will see that as a result of what happened there, 3,000 people got saved that very day, and they took them to the river, and they baptized them. And can you imagine the disciples or whatever baptizing people all day long? That was one big, long baptism service. 3,000 people came to Jesus, and they were baptized. Why? Something different had happened. Now there was a release of dunamis. Now, based on that, you can see the difference of what can happen when you allow this blessing from God to come up on you. 
And if you really, really desire to see lives changed, if you really desire to see miracles, if you really desire to see the power of God working through you, understand this. And I desire that for my church, but hear me well. It takes a congregation, and it also takes leadership who is full of the Holy Spirit. And I'm calling on you to be full of the Holy Spirit. Fully charged with dunamis power. This is the power that changes churches. This is the power that changes cities. This is the power that changes households. This is the power that literally changes nations. It is the power that breaks chains of bondage off of people. Now, you don't need the Holy Spirit baptism to get into heaven. You you don't have to have that to get into heaven. It's a free blessing for everyone who desires it, but why wouldn't you desire it? Um, because you're going to be more effective at allowing God to work in you and God to work through you, and you will be able to be led by the Spirit of God because it dwells in you. So how do you receive this? Well, again, we're going to take time at the Holy Spirit Workshop to do that on Saturday, but I'm going to give you some very quick things to prepare your heart because I hope all of y'all are there. Very quick things to prepare your heart. Here's number one. The first one is you must be born again. Romans chapter 8 verse 9 makes this very clear that you need salvation. That's where the Spirit of God comes to abide in you. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, you can't experience this additional blessing. Second, you must ask. Ask. Now that, that's, that's the real important one I'm going to focus on. You know, I, I want you to focus on this week. Uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 8, uh, verse 8 says that whatever we ask for, if we ask for the Holy Spirit, He will give it to you. So in preparation for Saturday, begin asking every day. If you need to put it on your calendar to remind yourself to ask. Sometimes I need to do that. I put stuff on my calendar, a recurring appointment every day. Ask God for this. Third thing you have to do is you just need to surrender to God. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says that we are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Basically, what you're saying is, God, everything that I am is yours. I am all 100% yours. I want you to use me. I want you to fill me with your presence. A lot of times, the, these, uh, the, that attitude of surrender to God is expressed through our worship and our praise, which is why it's so important around here. Uh, also, you must, you, you must be willing to obey the Holy Spirit. So, so God doesn't just give you this dunamis power to, and say, okay, now you can take the parts you like and, and, uh, and then just whatever part of this you don't like, you can get rid of it. Well, Acts chapter 5 verse 32 tells us that, uh, that, that if you want to be immersed in the Spirit of God, you need to be prepared to then obey the Spirit because He's going to lead you and guide you. And it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Uh, it's, it's just having this willingness to do what God requests you to do in his life because sometimes you'll feel a prompting. I think I need to do this or I feel I need to do that. And that is how a spirit-filled person operates. I, you, you respond to a prompting. God may ask you to change some relationships in your life. He may convict you of an area in your life that you need to turn over to him. But just be responsive to him. And another thing you need to do is just to simply believe. That's to have faith. Galatians chapter 3 verse 2 tells us that we receive the Spirit by faith. So we ask for it, we believe, we receive. And so don't doubt that you'll receive. Well, maybe I will, maybe I won't. No, I want you to have this. And it's to simply have faith and believe that you're going to have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And then finally, uh, you need to exercise what God has given to you. Just exercise it. You, once you've asked and you've received and you've been willing to obey and, and you believe, then you need to use this indwelling power of the Holy Spirit.
uh, very, one of the things we'll be talking about on Saturday is how the various gifts of the Spirit work, even how the fruit of the Spirit works. And these gifts of the Spirit are open up to you, and, and you can begin to function in these gifts of the Spirit, uh, that, and they, they can begin to spring up in your life as a result of this. It's wonderful. You're, you're going to live different. You're going to act different. And, and, and then you also have to keep coming back to the power source to make sure you stay charged. That's why spirit-filled believers love worship. They love to pray. They want to get together with other believers. We, we, we want that recharging. One of the things I'm going to do for you, I, I, I have homework for you to do. I, this is, I'm, I'm very serious about this. I have homework for you. If you have a computer or a smartphone, and almost everybody has access to that, I want you to make sure you use the version Bible app, Y-O-U version. And I'm going to ask you to, to jump into a plan called Spirit-Filled Life. And you guys have the image for that up there on the screen? No? That's all right. Oh, there it is. See? Look at that. I, I just dropped that in this morning. But this is a, uh, this is a reading plan. It's a seven-day reading plan. Very simple. Very simple. A very brief devotion and four or five scriptures to read every day. This will help prepare your heart to understand the work of the Holy Spirit and how all of this functions. And, uh, and if you can't find this, look, you get a good picture of it. You may take a picture of it so you can see it. Find that on your YouVersion Bible app on your devotions. But um, if you can't find it, just go to my YouVersion, uh, my, my profile, and you can see that I'm doing it already. And go, aha, that's the one. And go and copy mine. And I don't know how you do that, but you'll, you'll know which one it is. But what this will do is this will help to build your faith. So regard, and I'm telling you, regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey today, whether you've been serving God all of your life or you're just brand new to this, I want you to do this and begin to watch what God will do in you. I browsed through this, uh, through this devotional. I love it. And I'm anxious this week just to go through it day by day by day by day and drink it in all seven days. So finally, here's, here's what I ask you to do. The biggest thing I want you to ask, I'm asking you to do is to ask God daily to charge you with dunamis. God, fill me with your spirit. God, fill me with your spirit. Do this every day this week and pray. Come on Saturday morning expecting. Again, ask God for dunamis. Do the devotional this week. Register and show up Saturday morning. Please know God is doing good things and big things among us. Not just among us, but in our community, and I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of the work of God and the move of God. I don't want my life and I don't want our church to be swept up in, in fear and worry of what's happening in the world and stress and overcome with our, an inability to function because we're so sucked into the stress of the world. Man, I'm telling you guys, the world is stressful right now. It is very stressful. I don't want us to be sucked into that. I want us to be instead be full of the Holy Spirit. Watch how God will use you, direct you, and lead you. Guys, your best days are ahead with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. First and foremost, though, before we move any further, and I do want to I do want to make sure everyone in this room knows Jesus before we leave this place. If you're not in relationship with Jesus or your relationship with him is not right, I'm gonna ask you just to give your life to him before you leave this room. Will everyone just no movement in the room? Just everyone please lock yourself in with the Holy Spirit. If you're online, I want you to probe your own heart. Is there sin in your life? Are you not serving God? Do you need to make things right with Him? 
And if the answer to that is, yeah, Pastor, I need Jesus today. I need my sin forgiven. I want to get rid of my past and embrace the future. Please know this, is God, Jesus, he wants to wipe away your past, wipe away your past sins as if they've never happened. That is the power, that is the power of confession of sin. That is the power of salvation. And if that's you today, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand at the count of three. I'm going to connect my faith with you by seeing that raised hand. Then we're going to pray together. And congregation, you're going to pray as well as an encouragement to the people who are praying this prayer and giving their lives to Christ. So if that's you this morning, you want me to connect my faith with yours, I really would love to. Lift your hand at the count of three. One, two, three. Lift it up for me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anyone else? Good. Let's pray. Let's pray. Hey, some of you, your lives are being changed today through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the best moment of the day. Congregation, would you stand with me? I just want you to stand as you pray this prayer. If you, if you lifted your hand, pray it with faith. Congregation, pray this as well. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wash me in your precious blood. Today I make the choice to give up my past and embrace the future that you have for me. May your Holy Spirit come into me. And I also pray that I will be fully charged with the Spirit of God. Fully charged with your Spirit. Dunamis power in me. In the name of Jesus Christ I pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.